Hello and welcome. I'm Joel Martin, the host of the Morning Bell podcast. I'd like to welcome you to the last podcast for the Morning Bell in 2016. This year, we've been very fortunate to feel such a wonderful selection of guests who have been very generous with their time and provided hours upon hours of free content for you, the listeners. I believe I speak for Luke and Ian when I say the conversations we've had this year have been insightful, entertaining, and practical. That last word is very important, I believe, as it sums up the purpose of the podcast, to provide strong content for emerging writers. On today's podcast, we chat with Marie Robinio, the store manager for the Brunswick Street Bookstore. Marie is a wonderful presence at the bookshop, and we thought it would be great for the audience to go behind the workings of an independent bookshop. We chat about this, as well as our top books of the year. If you want to get in touch with me over the summer break, you can at my email, mailbox at thepenofjoel.com, or on Twitter, at thepenofjoel. Also, I do hope you follow my wonderful co-hosts, Luke Manley, at the Soul Shot on Twitter, and Ian Laking, at IHLaking on Twitter. Thanks once again, and we hope you have a wonderful festive season. Enjoy the show, and we'll see you next year. Hello and welcome to the Morning Bell Podcast. Today we're at the Brunswick Street Bookstore, and I'm joined by not one, but two co-hosts. I'm outnumbered, ladies and gentlemen. (laughs) Who wants to go first? Yeah, well, uh, it's good to be here. Fantastic, Ian. How have you been? How was your week? Yeah, pretty good week. Um, Been doing a bit of writing, preparing for uh, getting a novella out. So Mm -hmm. yeah, it's been a pretty good week, literary-wise. Good, good, good. And Luke, hello. How are you? Start by telling tell us more about Ballarat. But oh no, what? No, he's silent. Ballarat. Oh, okay. (laughs) Did you go somewhere yet? No, I didn't go to. Said something about preparing for Ballarat. Oh no, preparing for a novella to be released. How did you get Ballarat out of a novella? He said Ballarat. Yeah, he definitely said Ballarat. (laughs) We all heard Ballarat. I do that. I just randomly throw place names, Paris, into the middle of conversations. (laughs) So. Yeah, that's, that's like your your version of Tourette's. Well, you know, Istanbul. That's how it is. <laughs> yeah. Nice. Working with it. All right, Luke, so how has your week been? Good, yeah. It's probably about similar to Ian's bit of writing, bit of reading. Um, what have you been reading, if I might hijack the oof. how has your week been? So, uh, I've been reading Anastasia. It's a new book oh. that I've come across, thanks to my wife. That's um, cool. It's translation, so, yeah, there's always the, the trips and trips and turns of translations, but... That's good so Anastasia. far. Anastasia. Anastasia? Anastasia. Is that how you say it? Mm. Yes. All right. I got yes. it right. There you go. <laughs> right, um, awesome. So what's the story about? Is it about... So far, it is about a traitor. As in... Like a, a traitor post, a or a traitor? Uh, I'm trying to get my, my history right. The post... Uh, it's the 1980s Soviet... Post-Soviet sort of era... Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And this trader is like an entrepreneur. Entrepreneur, yeah. That's how you say it, I'm sure. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And he goes off looking for this really sort of like mystic plant that he's heard of, mm. because he wants to make money, right? Yeah. And he's like, starts. there's this really cool. Like the people are talking about this cedar plant, which does mm-hmm. it's, it's very great and amazing and useful and. Some people say magical. It sells for this much compared to as much as it costs to get it. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So I want it. So he's off doing that so far. Interesting. Yeah. Very and cool. so far, it's very curious. It's hmm. fantasy, fantasy-ish. Oh, so it's so like far. low fantasy. Yeah. It's, it's magic realism. It has kept attention. Yeah. Yes, it has. Yeah. That's right. <laughs> That's cool. Interesting. Curious. And as usual, we have a guest, but not any guest, ladies and gentlemen. We have a very special one. Now, she's been here for probably as long as we have... Well, she was. Uh, as long as we've been here at the podcast. She's Marie, and she's been dutifully um, watching the store as we carry on our shenanigans here in the back. Hmm. So we thought, why not invite her to come on the other side of the mic and say a few words. Hello, hmm. Marie. How are you going? Hello. I'm good. Thank you. <laughs> Fantastic to have you. So... Tell us about your week, Marie. How has it been? Anything eventful at the bookstore? Uh, nothing too eventful at the bookstore, no. Mm-hmm. Just normal week at the bookstore. No. So here's a question, and this is preempting our topic questions, mm. but still, this won't. This probably won't come up. Any weird people come to the bookstore in the last <laughs> three weeks? 
And you can term what weird people means. It's up to you. <laughs> well, you could say Joel, but you know. <laughs> yeah. Well, I have to say yes. I mean, it's pe- people are weird in general. There you anyway, go. That's so true. There you go. <laughs> that is a very good answer. That is a that is a fantastic answer. All right. <laughs> Anyone who comes to a bookstore is weird. I like that, Marie. That's good. <laughs> that should be the sales. That should be the tagline. I would I would buy that if I came to a bookstore and be like, "You're a weird person for going to this bookstore." I would I would walk in. <laughs> um, so. Let's let's talk about some things that mm. we want to talk about, mm. and that is what have we been reading? Not just in the last two weeks, but this year. Mm. Now it's the end of the year podcast, so we thought, why don't we gather around um, and talk about our notable picks of the year and our favorite book of the year? So let's start with Luke. I'm getting dobbed in on this. Yeah. Right. <laughs> I don't even know how this is supposed to work. Yeah. So let's go through the list. Dun, 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 dun. No. Yeah. <laughs> I did pick a few. I'm not sure if you wanted one favorite or like a selection or some notable whatever. mentions so let's go and then through. a favorite. Hmm. Notable mentions. All right, cool. Uh, American Gods by Neil Gaiman. Hadn't read it before. Oh. Um, got me into the, or back into the sort of a magic y realism sort of mm-hmm. world, mm-hmm. but also a fantasy world within the real world. So not actually magic realism. It was kind of a mixture of both. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, Just like fantasy set mundane. Yes. Fantasy mm. mundane. Mm. Modern fantasy. I think you said mundane. That works better. Fantasy mundane sounds mundane great. Fantasy? <laughs> mundane okay. fantasy. Mundane hmm. fantasy. That should be the new... I'll do that. <laughs> good. But yeah, it also got me into Neil Gaiman. So that was... So quite, have you, have you read Neil Gaiman's work before? I know. I hadn't, I hadn't touched any of his works before, actually. Mm. So That's cool. I, I, too, I kept hearing about him. Yeah, I stumbled into Neil Gaiman this year for the first time. Mm. Um, so, but it was Stardust for me. That's cool. Stardust is good, too. Stardust mm-hmm. is great. Oh, the book? Yeah. Ah, good. Good, good, good. Not it's going to be one of your top picks, isn't it? No, it's probably not. <laughs> <laughs> and that brings us to Ian's topics. No, <laughs> yeah. Keep going, Luke. Uh, another one that I read was The Snowden Files by Luke Harding. Oh. I don't actually remember what year that was written. I'm not sure if it was this uh-huh. year or, or previously. It currently has the picture of the film, so uh. that's just an updated picture probably. <laughs> I, it always bugs me. Just Sorry, I have to jump in and say it <laughs> always it. bugs me when they update uh, classic books with I pictures yes. from the movie. Completely and I'm agree. like, no. Yes. I'm into it. it makes <laughs> it look so tacky. Oh, especially like, yeah, especially it could be the fault in that stars. Nice you know before. that often like the... They've got no say in it? No, but it's yeah, probably. Mm, yeah. But but also like the other version is still available to order. Yeah, so yeah. you can just ask for it, and it's not unusual like that. People are like, "Oh, do you have this?" And it's like, "Oh, <laughs> cover." It's like, "Oh, we can get the other one in for you." Yeah, like, it's yeah, a yeah, glossy picture yeah. of the movie, and you're like, yeah, oh, I didn't like the movie yeah. anyways. It's really <laughs> yeah, it's not great. <laughs> I think, I think anything, the classic examples being The Lord of the Rings, I'm not oh, going to buy something with I the agree. movie poster <laughs> on the front of it. Just give me the classic symbol yeah, or something. He, he drew this stuff. I mean, you want to keep I it know. there. Like the <laughs> Hobbit, the classic Hobbit cover. Brilliant. So, yeah. yeah. Sorry. I totally jumped in there. No, no. It's a good tangent. That's what we're here like for. That's, that's what we're here That's why we're co-hosts. And being co-hosted by co-hosts. Co-co-hosts. Co-co-hosts. Yeah. Hmm. Co-co-hosts. Co-co's not bad. Yeah. Like that. Um, Siege at Yadatville. I brought up, I brought up the movie earlier this year, yeah, but I did. also read the book as well, and that uh-huh. was fantastic uh, nonfiction. So probably one of the best nonfictions I've read because I don't generally read nonfiction. That's a good thing. <laughs> so your pool is quite limited. My pool is but unfortunately within limited. that pool, it is the best. <laughs> within that pool is pro- <laughs> <That's good. laughs> probably one of the best. Yeah. All right, nice. Any um, any reason why that is? Is just a good recount of history, or was it? I well just loved the or? I love love the the elements that it borrowed into, like all of the the issues surrounding these Irish guys who were sent into the, the war that they weren't supposed to be part of. Is it mm. just because you're in love with Irish people, Luke? No. No? If you've read the, if you've ever told the tale of the 300 Spartans, I mean, this is like identical. Mm. But, but with Irish people. But with Irish and they survived. Yeah. Oh. So it but was they all kinda, were captured. Yeah. They were captured. Yeah. They did have to surrender. They weren't actually brought up like Spartans. It wasn't the <laughs> fight and die. <laughs> right. <laughs> because you have to yeah. die. It's true. <laughs> but... But no, it was, it was such a good story about all the people and like the courage that their their commander had, even though he he was constantly told by his superiors, look, just just do it, mm-hmm. get it, get it over with, just go and die, kind of almost without the official words. Mm. Um, but keeping all of his people together. Mm. Um, I had to bring up Staked by Kevin Hearn because I did read that this year. Mm-hmm. Loving that series, mm-hmm. keep going. I yep. don't know if all of you know of the Kevin Hearn series, but. Probably my favorite um, 
myth- mythological fantasy all right series so so within our top tens i guess there has to be a a, a veil a gauze if you will <clears throat> of refraining from critique um <laughs> right <laughs> what? <laughs> right. <laughs> but uh, I don't know why I decided I'd point that out now. But yep. uh, because he's about to critique something t- totally <laughs> unrelated to what Luke just mentioned. But mm-hmm. he- here's a question, Luke. Um, Neil Gaiman's American Gods. Mm-hmm. It's actually pretty. Like, would you say they're within the similar genre? It kind of is, isn't it? Because Kevin Hearn's no, Kevin Hearn's more comedic. But know. but like the the idea that gods exist in modern day motif thing. Right? Yes. I've only read his first book in that series. They came across, in Neil Gaiman's, it came across more as images mm. and more like concepts within people. Yeah. Than it did. I mean, it was definitely like physical reality there, mm. but it felt more like concepts within people mm. in mm. Neil Gaiman's one. Whereas it's just direct in right. Kevin Hearn's book. Yeah. It's just like, l- that's a god. It's Look, he's, got, he's like, he's cape flying behind him. That's yeah. him. That's, that's it. So, um, mm-hmm. and. Last but not least, and probably my favorite. Actually, no, it's not my last. I want to go back to the top because I forgot this one. Uh, the Heart of a Dog. Mm-hmm. A very, it's a Russian translation. Viktor Bulgakov. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I have trouble analyzing it in my head. I got, I have it in my head, but it's not, I'm not that great with analyzing it in my head. So it's, it's like a little commentary on human nature. I don't know if you've read it. No, not this one. It's a little commentary on human nature based on like the idea of bringing back somebody from death with mm. the heart of a dog that they pulled off the street and used its heart as part of it mm. and threading the way that it reacts, this creature. It's kind of like a Frankenstein story. Mm. Mm. Kind of like um, uh, putting the way that it acts and the way that the, the people react to this person and everything. Um, a very good critique on human nature in there. Mm, um, very curious. Not a very long book. You can pick it up and read it. Cool. It's good. Um, and then the last and not least is the Tower of the Swallow and un- un- Andrei Sapkowski. Mm-hmm. So, oh, as always, in love with his series. Yeah. I know. The criticism is thick. I said nothing. I said nothing. I look I'm at the stairs. Refrained. I look at the stairs. That's what co-hosts are for, <laughs> pointing out the stairs of the host. It was just me looking intently. No. No, it's, it was still choice. probably, is yeah. That, is that the book of the year? That is That's your my book, book of the year. I was always... When, when, always uh, when was that book released? That know? was this year. That was this year? Yeah. Yeah, they there came out go. this year. So they're being translated every, every year, right? Yeah, approximately every year, yeah. yeah. And how many books in the series, do you know? Uh, so far, approximately Six have been translated. It's like mm-hmm. eight, I think. So for those that don't know, this is the story of Geralt of Rivia. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, and probably most around him and, yep. popularly known as the protagonist of the video game series. The Witcher, yeah. The Witcher. Um, or the Hexer in Poland. The Hexer, yeah. Uh, but uh, yeah, I've read two books in that series. Mm-hmm. Um, they're interesting, but uh, good choice. I'm, I'm glad you chose it. Mm-hmm. It's made me such a huge fan of dark fantasy. So, mm. yeah. what do you say? Th- okay, let's let's analyze your choice a little bit. Uh, <laughs> what What do you think? What do you think it does differently than other fantasy? For me, it was kind of more the analysis of the world on uh, from the eyes of someone who never has identified with anyone in the world. And most fantasies, it's kind of people who are like, "This is my community," and. I want to save my community. And that's kind of how they live their lives. Mm. Whereas this is the guy who's like, nobody loves me. Nobody likes me. And I'm not interested in them liking me. I'm just going to go ahead and, and do things to, to keep surviving, keep living in this world. And everything comes mm. from his observations. are kind of like a little, uh, a friend that he has as well. Mm. So that's kind of what I drew from it. And kind of like his loner um, state throughout the, throughout the series. Even mm-hmm. though he picks up, you know, his friends every now and then, but and he does develop a sort of a rapport with humanity, if you want to call it that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but but again, it's like he still doesn't have the the appreciation of humanity, mm. which mm. I don't know. I I really liked the way that it was put out that way. <clears throat> Interesting. Mm. Ian, any interest in the series or in the idea that? Of the loner character within fantasy? Well, 
look, I haven't I haven't read any of the uh, the Witcher stories at all. I mm-hmm. played The Witcher three this year. What'd you think? Uh, it probably put me off reading anything <laughs> from from the Witcher series. <laughs> all right, uh, but you know, I the world is very well fleshed out. But uh-huh. um, yeah, it, it wasn't something that particularly gripped me. I do I do take your point about you know this is my community and saving my community as being a really common thread from uh, fantasy and you know, I was thinking back on that as you were talking uh, so it's yeah it's, it's good to have a different take and obviously um, to discover Geralt's motivations in such a different way yeah it's good mm-hmm. curious it's not to downplay the community ones I'd still enjoy like The oh, Hobbit no. and The Lord of the Rings all that sort of stuff but yeah this, I just loved this different flavor that I hadn't had before so yeah and, and those mm. those are tropes really but um, yeah. mm. sometimes you don't notice Things like that, those kind of meta tropes. Can I say that? The meta trope? It's not a thing. Maybe. It's not a thing. Let's make it a thing. I could call it a hexatrope just for the fun of it. Ah, yeah. I see what well you did done. there. Well the so, trope. Yeah, so, the. Um, and, and Marie, your thoughts on this. Have you read any dark fantasy that you're particularly fond of? No, I'm no. afraid not. No, <laughs> not a big movie. fan no. of the, the Witcher series? Mm. Not, not even familiar with it. There you go. <laughs> yeah. It's all right. Any Polish yeah. mythology or anything? Talking no, about sorry. Polish mythology, <laughs> you mentioned that. Um, since most people, like, Polish mythology is not exactly one that springs out at you. It's like Greek mythology or like Roman mythology. Mm-hmm. And then you got like Polish mythology. It's like, I don't even know what that is. And I think to a greater extent, um, Sapkowski's work popularized mm-hmm. Polish mythos, like, the rest of the world or what Slavic you, in general yeah, yeah. just Slavic <laughs> mythology in general because he did incorporate a lot of stuff and pulled from different cultures yeah what do you think did you like that element did oh, it was I different? loved that element that was fantastic that yeah. was like you, you didn't feel foreign to you or like you, it didn't you expect something Norse in it because it's so like cold and blistery mm-hmm. all the time but it's not it's, it's all about like the witches and the sort of the um <clears throat> like the land and the creatures things like that instead mm. Of like gods and battles of gods and things like that, hmm. um, and I think that's probably again one of the reasons it makes it one of my favorite books of a series, hmm. because it does like it's similar when you go to read like uh, Gabriel Garcia or something, yeah, because he brings out the the South American yeah. sort of mythos, and um, I can't think of other names at the moment, but and that's what what happens when you find another writer from a specific area oh, with who Tolkien brings out with his like Anglo-Saxon fantasy. Yeah, it's Celtic roots. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Hmm. It's interesting. Yeah, it I, it always interests me with um, when people touch very closely on the mythology of whatever that that culture comes from. We see that in East Asian um, uh, hmm. material as well. I just read. Um, Jenny Wirtz and Raymond E. Feist's uh, Daughter of the Empire, oh, I believe it is. I, n- I never read that one. And mm. it's interesting because that's set within a Southeast Asian slash Japanese culture and mm-hmm. to see what he draws upon. And yeah, I think that serves The Witcher quite well. And to me, that is the thing that I find the strength of those books. So mm. good choice. Mm. Ian. Yeah, well, I'm going to go a bit different uh, with my choices. I could talk about uh, kind of the more mainstream fiction, but I wanted to touch on... A few interesting ones. I found myself going back and rereading a true classic in Tolkien this year, which was a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. Um, and it didn't uh, it didn't come up as well as I had remembered. I think I'm not trying to badmouth Tolkien. It feels like it's in vogue to badmouth <laughs> Tolkien. I'm not going to do that. But I, you know, I'm sure it wasn't as bad as rereading Aragon. Oh yeah, I'm not going to reread Aragon. <laughs> but um, which one was it? Sorry. Uh, so I reread uh, Fellowship of the Ring. Oh, um, yes. So I got almost to the end of it, and then I, after Bridge of Casadum, I kind of went whoops, and haven't picked it up since. But that's okay. I intend to do that again. But it was—it's really interesting, and I am—I was impressed by you know going back in his simplistic way of describing things. And he's a guy who didn't use a, a bit of ultra violence, which I'm personally in my writing not afraid to use a little bit of. Um, so it was interesting going back and and seeing how having not read it for. A, 10 years revisiting it and seeing how your own tastes have changed hmm. so that was an interesting experience but framed by that um a couple of books i thought i'd mention uh, i mentioned stardust already which was interesting to get into but um i enjoyed reading uh jk rowling's Cormoran strike novels so i did two of those mm. uh, cuckoo's calling and i'm now going to forget the second one aren't i cuckoo's calling and the second one <laughs> uh oh, the silkworm so those were both um yeah those were both interesting um i i 
I really enjoyed, once again, because I'm a fan of mystery novels and spy novels and things, I really enjoyed the way that she pulled together all these different threads, and I'm always interested in how she does that hmm. um, for myself as a writer and also just in general. It's, it's fascinating to see something and to try and pick it, so I, I really enjoyed that. Mm-hmm. Um, but if I can go out on a limb with a couple of different suggestions for books I really enjoyed this year, I... Uh, I have to talk about John Clarkson's uh, children's book series about hats. Uh, so I, um, I stumbled across the fact there's a new one just been released, but they are called I Want My Hat Back, This Is Not My Hat, and We Found a Hat. <laughs> now, you might laugh at me for saying, uh, you know, Ian, you're talking about uh, children's books for books of the year. Yeah, but to write a good children's book is really, really hard. <laughs> it is. It's it is very, very hard difficult. to distill down story to a few words and images. Mm-hmm. Um, and these books, I feel, are great for a modern narrative. Um, and just to give you an example, I'll read off the back <laughs> of We Found a Hat. And it is it is riveting stuff. Two turtles have found a hat. The hat looks good on both of them, but there are two turtles and there is only one hat. <laughs> just to give you an idea of the suspense that awaits. Because one turtle is going to brutally murder the other turtle with a hat, right? <clears throat> you wouldn't believe it. Ga- like Game of Thrones, eat your heart out. Yeah. Um, Great. It, it gets, it. It gets crazy. It. War of the Roses has nothing on this. <laughs> um, but that, that aside, you can also read them in one sitting, surprisingly. So, mm-hmm. you know, that's also a benefit. But I want to talk about those. But for my top pick uh, this year, uh, I'm going to go nonfiction. Um, because, and I've, I've talked about some previous podcasts, um, and I haven't even finished yet, but Story by Robert McKee uh, is my book of the year, simply because that um, in fiction or nonfiction, when you find a book that speaks truth and you connect with that truth, um, it's a really special moment. And even a few pages into Story, I was relating to what uh, McKee was saying so strongly that I just know I've found a book that I'm going to cherish for years. Mm. So I think in that sense, I have to pick uh, that as, as my top book because there hasn't been another book that I've read this year or even media that I've seen which I've really connected with mm-hmm. so much. It's the right time, the right book. Interesting. Uh, a book about a book about writing. A book about writing. So uh, for me, as a writer, to find a book about writing that I could connect with um, was really special. And uh, I think... Yeah, I think that's that's why it's my pick for this year. Mm. Just because I, it it took me a matter of paragraphs before I was going. Oh my goodness, this is really speaking to me. So, so let's talk about that. Um, mm. The idea of analyzing story and the idea of like <coughs> digging into story is something that we do on the podcast pretty much as our day job. Mm. Um, but <laughs> when when we when we look at this kind of media, how much do you think it is helpful on a practical level to your personal? process as a writer Luke what do you think books on writing mm-hmm. I think the best that books on writing have ever helped my writing is adding something to the bookshelf where I can say yes I need to write a book <laughs> <laughs> wow um, I found some good excerpts in books for writing but mm-hmm. generally I find it better when I talk to writers yeah than actually reading like paragraphs on how to read mm. uh, how to write rather um and like I said, I have found some good parts in them, but mm. it's more like, do you want to read all of the stuff which you probably know to find the stuff that you don't know? So if that's a, if that's a really good book, that's, that's an interesting idea, but mm. I haven't found one yet myself. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, I think, I think what it does is often it reveals something that you did know, mm. but it articulates in a way that helps to cement that okay, yep. as, as truth. I mean, we talking about, you know, whether it's talking about uh, scenes and moving a character and revealing something to them during that scene so they've moved from point A to point B. Mm-hmm. And it, it kind of, you know, as I've been reading, I've been looking back over my own writing and thinking, oh, I kind of stumbled across this stuff. So it's almost like mm. I knew it inherently from my life and my experiences, but to read it again uh, is is really refreshing. So mm. I haven't found it a burden. I think that you've got to be careful when you're reading uh, about writing so uh, that you don't overthink things. I think that there's a... That I, as I often say, I don't think that writing is a mystical art where the muse sits on your shoulder and you, you know, you just pours through you. I don't think it's like that. I think that there's many things that you can learn, um, but it's important to not overburden yourself yeah. in that process. You still have to tell a great story. Yeah. The um, procrastination of research. Yeah. Oh, I <laughs> yes. love research. <laughs> that, that is that is definitely a thing that can happen. Um, but yeah, I, I think I agree uh, with Ian on that. I, mm. I'd say it, it's very helpful to have it's also good to have those touchstones of people that have come before and you're like, okay, I'm not alone in this. You know, mm. there's people that understand the process 
probably much better than I do um, because I'm grasping with that process. Mm -hmm. And so, yeah, um, McKee is one of those examples that, you know, he's been mentioned in film, he's been mentioned in everything as being uh, one of those forefathers of literature. So here's a question, Marie. Do you get a lot of people coming into the bookstore and being like, I want McKee's... (laughs) I want McKee's textbook on the story. Do you get a lot of, like... um, books about writing like uh source books textbooks is that like a thing that people buy no you don't think so so much a little bit but Mm. it's i think it's we do have a section like on like we we reference section with books on reading and writing Mm. yeah um but don't don't stock it up very often I guess we do, but uh, but it's not no, it's not a, like it's, <laughs> it's not flying yeah. off the shelves. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah, it's one of those things that um, I think is decidedly different for other art forms. People who aren't painters are interested in like reading about yeah. painting or the process mm. of painting. Yep. People who are interested in the lives of musicians, people read up about Beethoven and Mozart and yep. things like that. When it comes to writing and the art of writing, I think that's a little too specific for a lot of people and i think but that's what i find interesting that society hmm. yeah no go for it it's um because what you say you really like in that hmm. book about writing is i feel like that's what i like about books in general mm, yeah. like i mean about yeah. as a reader like hmm. not not as a writer but as a as a reader like to find like a like a writer really talks to me and I articulate yeah. what I yeah. what yes. I feel yeah. and what I think and I didn't know how to articulate it yeah. and it really mm-hmm. helps. Mm-hmm. Like and it feels like you're going somewhere. Yeah. Mm. And I always find that yeah, it's Yeah, that's it's that moment where you know there's there's something in your head and you know you don't know how to express that particular yeah. thing. And then a writer And then all of a sudden on it's on paper and, and then like, it's like, oh, my oh God, that's yes, yeah. that's that's what it is. That's it makes what it sense. Like. Yeah. 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 That's very true. I, I want to think some, uh, sometimes it can help you move from, um, I heard it uh, once explained to me, it's the difference between knowing, touch your head, and knowing, touch your gut. You know, you move, mm. you read something, and you move, wow, we got deep. But, you know, you move, you move from knowing, <laughs> knowing at a theoretical level to just to knowing in your gut. Yeah. That, that's mm. a difference. And sometimes that you read something, and whether it's a character and something you experience along with them or something else where you think, wow, someone else understands, that can... That you know, without being so dramatic and say it can be life changing, it can mean a lot to someone when they find that. And often that can be why you meet people and they're like, "I love this this series," and you're like, "How could you possibly like Fifty Shades yeah. of Grey?" <laughs> <laughs> but then they're like, "You chose the worst example." So you know, there's there'll be someone out there who says, "Oh my goodness, you know, I I read um uh." Heck, I don't know. Lord of the Rings really yeah. spoke to me, or something like that. A yeah. Feast for Crows, George R. R. Martin. Yeah. yeah, you know, and they're like, it really spoke to me, and you're like, oh, can't stand it. But you know, you find yeah. that thing which which speaks truth, and that that truth and is a what sad you're wedding, didn't you say? Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think, um, and and in in a way, for me to segue this in uh, to the end of the year show mm. uh, is to say that we've talked for two years almost. Um, about the art of writing and the process of writing by interviewing authors and publishers and editors and bookstore managers. <laughs> and um, and the, the curious thing that I, I think is important is not that we're showing you roads that you should take or follow dogmatically, hmm. but paths and experiences of people that are usually quite experienced in these fields or just learning them themselves. Hmm. And by doing so, that's why I think things like McKee's textbooks really help me. It's because... Um, yeah, it, it's that eureka moment when mm. you understand something very instinctually about story, and then when you see it expressed, you're like, well, that makes perfect sense. Now I can see the patterns, you know? Mm. Um, and, yeah, so that's a very good pick, Ian. Thank, Thank you for that. Um, Marie, let's toss it to you, and let's talk about your notable mentions book <laughs> of the year. I've got a massive list. <laughs> <laughs> that's good. <laughs> so I'm not going to... Like go through them all, uh-huh. but um, because like well, one of the you know great perks of working in a bookstore yes, is that you've true. got access of some <laughs> lots of books and also <laughs> so many good books because like there's like all the books I I read I like because mm. if I don't like them I just, you just read ten down. pages and <laughs> that's it done <laughs> next the perks. yeah, <laughs> oh, yeah um, I read a lot of fiction, mm-hmm. but. I've read some excellent non-fiction books this year as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, some of them being the Phil, a Field Guide to Getting Lost by Rebecca Sonnet. 
mm-hmm. and uh, I Love Dick by Chris Krauss. Well, it is fiction, it's mm, yeah. in between. And uh, <laughs> The Examine Life by Stephen Gross. Mm. Very interesting. Mm-hmm. So a little bit of yeah, psychology. And, and this book, uh, The Argonauts by Maggie Nelson, that I've just started rereading. Mm. Mm-hmm. And I've actually found out that I read it last year. Time flies. I yeah. thought it was this year, <laughs> early on this year. But Sam was telling me, like, no, no, it was last year we read yeah. it. I'm like, oh, okay. But I'm rereading it, so yeah. it can still be my book of the year. <laughs> so what's what's the premise? Um, so it's... Um, it's... Like it says, it's a genre-bending memoir. Mm. Um, she's so she's talking about about writing, mm-hmm. and she's talking about her own experience and her, her sexuality, her desires, mm-hmm. and and her pregnancy. Mm-hmm. She's um, like and her experience with her partner. Mm-hmm. So there's a lot of um, s- subjects, and it's mostly reflections on uh, philosophy and psychology with loads of references. Mm-hmm. But it's said in such a simple and yeah, like accessible way, yeah. Yeah, way. Yeah. Mm. so I picked it up again like um, this morning and I started reading at the like a paragraph at the end I burst it in two tears and I'm like alright <laughs> <laughs> yes I do need to reread yeah. that <laughs> it's, it's because it's a beautiful and mm. and the truth that you were talking yeah. about early on yeah. it's just like it just it makes me feel alive yeah, <laughs> reading good. that book because yeah. it's like yeah that's 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 where we are yeah. Mm. yeah that's the beauty of finding that book that touches that core exactly mm-hmm. what you want or feel or care about and then you get it who's that by again Maggie Nelson Maggie Nelson oh. beautiful um, can I ask you so uh, was there any book that you started reading this year and you got the 10 pages and was there any book that you oh, thought yeah. you were going to really enjoy and or you got a certain one and you thought not yeah, for you? Yeah, absolutely. Like the latest one, um, Ian McEwan, mm. Nutshell, and I tried so many times with <laughs> Ian McEwan. I just, I just don't like him. Sorry, I know he's a good writer. I know he's a very good writer. It's all right. And that's why I keep trying. But um, yeah. All those poor reviewers are crying now. Bro. I know. And they, and just like, the rev- like the reviews are amazing. Yeah. And, yeah. and friends of mine have read it and yeah. said it was great. And I was what do like, you think turned okay. you off? It was the pace? Yeah, and I just like his style. It's yeah. just mm. really just doesn't grab me. Yeah. yeah. Like, yeah. Interesting. Yeah. It's all right. There you go. Asking the tough questions. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Any more, Marie? Yeah. Uh, one of my favorite novels this year was uh, Jonathan Sufferin 4, Here I Am. Mm-hmm. I love Jonathan Sufferin 4. Yeah. And uh, I have to say it took me a little while to get into it, and I didn't let put it down after 10 pages <laughs> because <laughs> I knew I was... It was you, know, you were going was, to like Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm. Well, no, I didn't know I was going to like it mm. because... And, it di- and it's a big... not Like, it's... I think it's six or seven hundred pages. It's mm. quite a thick novel, yeah. and it did take me a long time. Like, I mean, not ten pages, more like a hundred pages or mm. nearly two hundred pages that I was still not convinced. And I persevered, and but then it was so rewarding because yeah. it's yeah, it's it's comes together eventually. And and then looking back, it's like no, they were necessary. Those first hundred mm. pages that <laughs> I wasn't too sure about. It's it wraps up like it makes sense, and yeah. it, it needs. It's a novel that needs time. To yeah. develop. See, that, that's an interesting that's thing. Fine. How yeah. quickly do you put down a book? Do you think that there's that moment where it's like, oh, I feel like this could get somewhere? Or mm. do you just like, I don't have time. Let's move on to something that I enjoy. Well, I'll, t- I'll tend to stick with something a fair way. Um, yeah. Probably the last book that I attempted to read well, it was a while ago. That, uh, I, well, two books recently. Uh, so... The first one was the third Cormoran Strike novel where I was like, I've read two of these, <laughs> so I stopped. Yeah. I will pick that up in the future. Yeah. That's fine. Career of Evil, that's the one. Uh, it's only so much I can take. Uh, but um, uh, the next one is uh, Booker Prize winner, yeah. Kiwi author, yep. the name of which... Eleanor Catton. Yes, Eleanor Catton, yep. um, who I loved hearing speak last year at the Writers' Festival. So I thought, okay going to give it a shot um and the luminaries there we go luminaries and uh i know i know the luminaries gathers speed as it goes so i was talking to a couple of people about it they said look each section of the book is like half as long as the previous section i was like oh okay that's fine um so but i just couldn't get past the fact that the first scene i was like you know 40 pages in the first scene still going and i was like okay i'll just put this down for a day i haven't picked it up since yeah. <laughs> luke what about you 
Uh, there's a few, I think, but there's I can't. I can't picture. Is that? Is that? that one I don't that have you, that kind of moment. Though. Yeah. Is that one you've put down and then you've come back to and you're like, that's the one. That's it's probably Serafina. You finished it? <laughs> no. Okay. Well, then you can't say that. No, the one that I've you know stopped and then come back to and like no. Nah. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Come back. No. No, not really. Um. I don't know. For me, it, it seemed to to go by by week. Mm. <clears throat> If I've read it within the week, it's read. Yeah. If I haven't, it'll sit until I have another week where I feel like reading it. Yeah. yeah. And it seems to go yeah. with a, like a lot of things. Like I'll go through like documentaries one week and I'll go through books the next mm. week and then I'll go through videos the next week. It's kind of how it flows. So if it misses yeah. that week, it's it's a it might shot. come back. It might come back. <laughs> yeah. There you go. I, that can be. Sometimes it's, <coughs> the, it's it, it could not be that it's the... Uh, I wouldn't say it's a bad book. I'd say it's you know not the right book. It could also be it's just not the right time. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. For that mm. book, yeah. yeah. But you persisted, Marie, and you loved yeah, it. Yeah, and like I do have like a pile of about six or seven books on my bedside table because mm-hmm. because I would like I'd give them more a year than a week. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> because I start, like I tend to start another, like yeah. if I don't, if I'm not into a book, I'll yeah. start another start one. Start something else, yeah. 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 But I won't necessarily put it away. Like I, I yeah, I'll keep it there handy mm-hmm. to go back to. Yeah. And yeah. There you go. So that is your book of the year? Um, or have you got something even more exciting? Ooh. I've read some great graphic novels this year oh. as well. Yeah. I've read one called Everything is Teeth by mm-hmm. um, Evie Wilde. Mm. That sounds uh, very scary. <laughs> <laughs> I had my wisdom teeth out. Oh. <laughs> I'm going to treat myself to Everything is Teeth. It's right. about a little girl who goes obsessed with sharks, and it's quite dark actually. Mm. But it's uh, it's really beautiful. Uh. But I think the one that I liked, uh, and I read a few other graphic novels, but one of uh, my favorite was Patience by Dan- Daniel Klaus. Mm. Yeah, it's amazing. Yeah, Patience. Yeah. Mm. There you go. Just write that well, down. and <laughs> with the sci-fi, like it's just, it's it's yep. yeah, it's pretty good. It's, it's interesting for a person that doesn't read a lot of graphic novels. What do you think? Like for me, I I don't read a lot. I I used to, but I've I've fallen out of that. Um, like, do you think that when somebody says this graphic novel has a really good story, right? Most times people are drawn in because of usually the art style and the story, right? Mm. With your two examples, what do you think carried it the most? The story or both? The art style? Yeah, it's both, but the, like probably the story first. Mm. But, um, Interesting. And well, coming from France was like a huge tradition of graphic novels mm. in France. Mm. Like I'm like, yeah, a graphic novel for me needs some substance. Yeah. yeah, definitely. Yeah, that's curious because I feel like the American tradition is a little bit different. Yeah, like it the is American. Definitely, yeah, yeah. Mm. Yeah, that yeah. is interesting. So. That is your books of the year? Yeah. My books Fantastic. Of the year. Yeah. Good. Um, I need to hear Joel's list now. Uh, and we'll move on. To <laughs> the, uh, no. <laughs> no, I... I have to hear high praise of all the other people we've listened to this year. So. Yes, exactly. Um, so one of the books, and we'll start off with uh, one of the books that a author has come onto the podcast to talk about. Well, not talk about that specifically. Um, but has come up is Skylarking um, mm-hmm. by Kate Mildenhall. And so that was uh, Kate's debut novel. And there was something uh, about that book. And, and generally speaking, I do read a, a lot of uh, the work that a podcast guest comes on just so I can get a sense of um, who they are, what their writing style is about and things like that. Give you mm-hmm. a little bit of back info here. Um, but, with this one in particular, she had written a few short stories, and then this was her first novel. Now, going into them without reading the short stories, um, it was curious because her style is very readable. It's one of those books that even if you're not super interested in the content, you mm. can just you can just get enveloped in. And I read that book very quickly. I read that book in probably a day or two. Mm. Um, it's not a very long book, and I think the thing that I found interesting something that I hadn't really seen a lot of, or just personally not read, I'm sure it's been done, is the idea of that sort of friendship between two young girls and done in such a way with um, a very, very good touch to how the characters feel, their emotions, 
Uh, and specifically the journey. The thing that I generally shy away from in novels when it gets a little too introspective. Mm. When novels get a bit too angsty and I'm just like, ah, I want to pull out now. Um, <laughs> but I didn't pull the parachute on this one because the emotions were grounded and they made sense. And I could, I could see it happening. Um, mm. I didn't just feel like it was some... Um, angsty novel. It, it was an actual emotional novel, and I, I really enjoyed Skylocking. So, well done, Kate. Hmm. Um, the next book that I read, and this is something that I'd been pl- planning to read for a while now, was Pedido Street St- Station by uh, China Melville. Uh, hmm. or Melville. And the thing about <laughs> China Melville's, um, <laughs> he's a very smart guy, and his political... Uh, stance or just belief comes out very strongly in his books and that puts a lot of people off Hmm. Um, (laughs) but for me anyway Perdido Street Station was a really good mix there's a little bit towards the ending where you know I know it will catch a few readers off guard uh, because it sort of comes out of nowhere and there's a little bit of Deus Ex Machina I think in there despite that the eagles are coming the (laughs) Not that bad. Um, despite that, there's uh, a ton of thought put into the world building, world building of this uh, of this story. It's very different to most fantasy. It's like this. Um, I guess I, I hate using the word steampunk fantasy because that conjures the wrong <laughs> view of this. Yeah. Uh, not being derogatory to Top steampunk hats and monocles. Yeah. <laughs> um, but it's it's definitely a very earthy city sewery focused fantasy and there's not a lot out there um so as in victorian not really imagine a fantasy world with the modern-ish political system Hmm. uh with still the trappings of a late medieval period Uh, perhaps okay now i'm confused yeah i had a second ago (laughs) with trains (laughs) and (laughs) I love how you like, imagine this, and I'm like, I can't. And an attractive bug creature. I had it it about two sentences ago. And an attractive bug creature that the main character has a relationship with. So what you're saying is read the book. Yes. Okay. Okay. It's very good. Uh, China Metal, super smart dude. should totally read that book. And, you know, know, get over any hiccups that you might have reading it. Mm -hmm. Um, Two nonfiction books also on the list was Wizardry and Wild Romance, which was a study of epic fantasy by Michael Moorcock. And... Michael Moorcock's well known for his uh, Alric of Melnibone stories, and <laughs> it's interesting because you mentioned Ian that hmm. uh, Tolkien, like you know, it's it's invoked to to bash Tolkien a bit. Hmm. Uh, this was written a while back, and uh, it's most notable for Michael Moorcock uh, considering Tol- uh, Tolkien's uh, Lord, The Lord of the Rings to be the epic poo or the Winnie the Pooh equivalent <laughs> of fantasy. <laughs> Which was v- right. Quite, just who was Eeyore? <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> Boromir, maybe Boromir. Yeah, Boromir. definitely Boromir. Um, okay. <laughs> so, and, and you know, I'm sure for Tolkien fans, that will probably pull you up and be like, Michael Moorcock, you're a monster. He's very opinionated, but reading his opinions simply because he's a fantastic writer, looking at the way he digests fantasy and analyzes sword and sorcery and fantasy is fantastic and i think it's definitely worth a read and the last on the notable mentions list is the story grid by sean coin now as with um, mckee's work story grid follows in that vein builds on mckee's work and puts a different spin on it while keeping with that Mm. um format and it's just a very interesting use for writers to look at this book and be like all right, let's see a different way of analyzing story and not so much um, plotting out story, but editing mm. stories. And since I do a lot of that for my day job and also for my own work, it's very curious to see this template put on editing. Mm. So if you're at all curious about that process, um, read the story grid. So my book of the year and the stipulation was I needed to pick a book that a guest from the podcast um, has mm-hmm. written this year. Uh, and that is uh, The Love of a Bad Man by hey. Laura Elizabeth Woolis. Um, it's a dark journey um, down some very unsavory characters' lanes. And the interesting thing is uh, she yeah. she takes a very 
um, open approach to to writing the characters. She doesn't make uh, all these um, basically partners to these terrible men seem redeemable, hmm. and neither does she make them seem irredeemable. Yeah. She takes a very non-judgmental approach to the characters, and I think that's where the strength of the story lies because we can make our own judgments and. Hmm. And uh, some of those stories have stuck with me, and I've some of the imagery in that book um, will stay with me for a very long time. So that is my book of the year. Great, uh, the love of a bad man. So well done, Laura. Cool. So with that, we nice. wrap up our very elongated media section, which is just the book of the year. But I hope you listeners have also had a fantastic reading year. Now, for wrapping up the podcast, we thought a good topic to chat about was to quiz Marie on the mm. weirdness of bookshops, or specifically <laughs> interesting questions that we thought we could post her. So let's start with Ian. Mm. Yeah, so uh, I guess I'd begin with a question about you, Marie. Uh, so maybe you could tell us a bit about your literary journey. journey. Like, Did you read a lot growing up, or did you kind of fall into books on no. the way? No. Uh, well, I did as a young kid, but mm. then I had... I only started reading um, as, like teenager but like i was maybe even like i was quite old like 15 Mm. 16 Mm -hmm. i started reading uh yeah and then then i never stopped (laughs) (laughs) yeah yeah that's cool um so and and how did you stumble into working in a bookstore as well so i've never worked in any other places (laughs) believe it or not really (laughs) so i did a degree at uni in book selling and publishing like in france there is a course like Mm. a specific course like in so it's book selling publishing and librarianship it's a two-year course Mm. it's very intense (laughs) (laughs) but it finishes in a work experience in like so either a publishing house or Mm -hmm. library or bookshop Mm -hmm. so i did my final work experience in a bookshop yep and they offered me a job afterwards, so that was me. So it is yeah. then. And it was set from yep. there. I don't think we have one of those in Australia. Yeah. A, a degree in that. Um, we have like I information li- services and librarian. And yeah. About and it. then there's publishing degrees, but there's no, publishing not, degrees. Yeah, yeah. So not. Yeah. That's mm. culture yeah. for you. That's really interesting. Yeah. Well, yeah. Uh, yeah. I guess it, it does. Sometimes in Australia, we measure the value of things by what how much you make from it the industry <laughs> by the value, by the economic yeah. value of it yeah and like mm. we were told that you need like you know it's like if you um in for the money you're in the wrong place. <laughs> yeah you're in the wrong career you're just yeah yeah yeah, yeah. And yeah it's the question we sometimes ask if you're not in it for the money here oh what are you in it for mm. then <laughs> anyway that's another whole yeah. topic of conversation um i wanted to ask you so a bit about this bookstore what what kind of uh customers do you get coming through is there a certain type of person that comes to uh, an independent bookstore like this or is it um is it a, a wide variety of people uh, it's quite a wide variety but i mean it's like it's it's fitzroy it's yeah. um so yeah it's mostly like in a city yeah mm-hmm. people are so quite uh wealthy and yeah. cultured like for yeah. most most yeah, of right. the part yeah mm. for sure but um but there's also like lots of tourists and mm. and younger people it's there's a bit of a mix yeah mm. but mm. generally nice crowd <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah we have it easy in a bookstore i couldn't work in lots of retail shops i think yeah. they would find it hard but yeah that's cool um, maybe think, picking up on that then, maybe you could tell us a bit more about what it's like over Christmas uh, because before we started the podcast, I, I mentioned this. So could you tell us what's it like at Christmas in a bookstore? Like are there trends that go come and go or how is it different from other times of year? Yeah, so it is very different from the rest of the year mm-hmm. because it's um, – uh, well, just to give you an example, like the two weeks before Christmas, instead of having two people on, we've got – five or six people on. really <laughs> that's wow. how because we hmm. we get like more sales but also we get more stock in so there's more there's more there's assisting more people but there's more work like mm. there's there's more everything the 24 yep. hour seven uh, no I drive through that, yeah that's interesting <laughs> because <laughs> this is not a massive bookstore like if, if you imagine five or six staff in here that's like that's quite incredible when I think about yeah. it um, check out a photo mm-hmm. online if you want to see uh, what the Brunswick Street bookstore Indeed. looks like yeah. um, so that's cool and does it die down after Christmas pretty significantly then yeah um, 
it's it's still a, a little busy after Christmas, but it does die down a bit then. Mm. Um, yeah. And are there any books this year that have been particularly popular so far for Christmas? Or maybe not yet? <laughs> not yet for Christmas. No, mm-hmm. we haven't had like... Um, it's. It, I think from next week on to in two weeks, like people are going to start asking, but it hasn't felt... Um, like yeah. the Christmas rush has started yet? No. So th- this is a question piggybacking off Ian's. Is that um, is that do you find that a lot of publishers release certain books at Christmas? Of course. Is, <laughs> is there just that that type of book? Yes. <laughs> is it Most children? Are we talking about the summer read? Yeah. Quote yeah. unquote. The summer read. Yeah. The summer read. The gift books. The like you know. Yeah. Definitely cookbooks. Like. Cookbooks are popular. Yeah. Yeah. The Star yeah. Wars everything book. Popular. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah. yeah. Oh, we've Movie got Christmas catalogs. Like, I mean, it's just a, it's a, it's a thing. Well, because, yeah, yeah. B- books are, like, it's... The perfect th- gift. Great gift. Everyone yeah. can walk yeah. into a bookstore. It's and like the shape of a gift, too. Yeah, it's like... <laughs> yep. will For be- the wrapping, it's great. Yes. It's <laughs> it's, you don't waste it. Whenever, whenever I buy things to people, I'm like, how easy is this to wrap? And then yeah. I'm like, a book. Yep, that's fine. I'm sure they'll like this. The mm. curious thing is you can always buy a book for someone. You're like... They might like it. <laughs> they don't have to, but they'll be educated at the end of it. Um, yep. So there you go. Uh, Luke, let's Education. start with yours. What have you got? Other mine, okay. Um, so I was wondering, after working at a bookstore for, well, at any duration really, but as long as you've worked here, um, have you found that you're more or less likely to read books? Yeah, Ooh. yeah more, I think. Hmm. Because mm-hmm. I can't. Them all the time, I mean, I can't. Yeah. I can't imagine like not reading. Mm. Yeah, good, fantastic. And <laughs> also, it's I can't Im- even imagine like not having a book with me at all yeah. time, mm-hmm. yeah. which sometimes is nearly weird. Like you know, I take <laughs> yeah. my handbag, I'm going food shopping, and I'm like, do I have my book with me? Like, <laughs> just in case. <laughs> just in case. There's just ten yeah. minutes. Yeah. And yeah. Yeah. So wow. does it feel like more like home here than at home? Uh, no, I've got lots of books at home too. Okay. <laughs> so home feels a little bit like a bookstore, not yeah, the other yeah. way around. Yeah, yeah. There you go. That's it. Okay. Yeah. Um, so I guess you've kind of answered my second question already because I'm, I'm sure it doesn't feel that corporate here. No. It feels much more literary. That was like. Um, it doesn't feel corporate no for corporate. sure. I mean, okay. it's a, but it's still a, a, a business. Of course, we yeah. still sell books mm-hmm. we need to make yeah. money i need to get paid at the end of the week yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. you need to survive it's, yeah yeah but um but yeah it's a, it's like recommending when people come in for advice we um we try and um recommend stuff that they would like but mm. often it's what we like as well mm-hmm. yeah you sometimes it's hard yeah. because sometimes what we like, we know it's not what's gonna do, what the yeah. customer wants. So you have to go outside of like yeah. mm. what, what you like personally. And is that a big challenge? Is it? No, you get no. used to it. Yeah, mm. that's, yeah, you get to know you're stuck and mm-hmm. yeah. Um, can I ask? Is there a book that comes up consistently being requested? Like, is there any particular book or particular author that you get re- a lot of requests for? Well, it's um, it, it varies. Like. Um, through times like it's not there wouldn't be just one title yeah forever but it's mm-hmm. um but then we've got like um for example this year like the elena ferranti novels have been like extremely popular yeah, so right. mm. yeah mm. okay interesting so a lot of that and yeah there's often one title that comes up more than yeah another. Mm. interesting you know when you mentioned it sparked my memory when you said that you know bo- we recommend things that people might like. It prompted an anecdote uh, that I had, and I'm probably I've probably told the story a million times, but I'll tell it again. Oh. I was a I was a ten year old kid who had come into an independent bookstore. And this, it's not Brunswick Street, by the way. It's fine. Um, and uh, the very friendly staff member recon- recommended me The Handmaid's Tale. The Handmaid? Uh, <laughs> you serious? <laughs> I'm serious. Uh, and yeah, I, oh I, my goodness. <laughs> Sorry. I, I thank that woman <laughs> till today because she changed my perspective on life, on <laughs> literature, on everything. But I'll tell you what, that is an intense growing up period when you read uh, The Handmaid's, Handmaid's Tale. Tale at 10. Hey, I... <laughs> Sorry, sorry. I just have to say because <laughs> The Handmaid's Tale uh, yes. was uh, a book that I read when I was sixteen. Mm. Um, 
and we had this uh, we had a teacher i wasn't mature enough to handle the handmaid's tale mm. 16 that's why i react that way because mm. i was like nah. um, you know <laughs> i'm just being honest here which is a terrible thing i, I was like, like that yeah. what is this you know yeah, yeah. Uh, i but was yeah. also um in her defense, <laughs> oh, sorry. Oh, I, I you might have come, you might have come across like a really avid reader, really smart yeah. kid, and then mm. you're like, "Whoa, I've got to go outside the box." Because the hardest, one of the hardest things to recommend is books for ten yeah. years old. Because yeah. if yeah. people come in and they're like, "Oh, I recommend a book for a ten year old," it's one ten year old is gonna read yeah. like, yep. um, like. Like my niece is ten, she's read all the Harry Potter, she's finished them all, mm. yeah. loved them. Wow. And another ten year old is gonna just be reading the diary of a wimpy kid and they can't get yeah. past that yeah. so it's like yeah, not, yeah. like so you need to know like what they're into that's a really their level and they're so different from one another yeah that's a really really yeah. interesting thing because that same bookstore a previous um mm. staff member had recommended me some you know young adult thing and it Miffy. was yeah, no mm. uh it, <laughs> Miffy. Miffy. Miffy is not in the young adult yeah. <laughs> I don't know what you were reading when you were young yeah, adults. What's up, Luke? <laughs> Miffy. Um, <laughs> um, no, and, and she recommended me some, you know, action-adventure story yeah, in which yeah. I read the first 10 pages, and then I was like, why did I buy this book? Right. Um, and then I came back, and then the, the other stuff, and I was like, The Handmaid's Tale, you like it. And I did. So there you go. Yeah. I guess what you could say is that is a very perceptive person <laughs> exactly. who found a book that spoke truth that spoke to you. Truth. Hey, we're hey. bringing the full circle. That That's actually yeah. very impressive, the fact yeah. that it did, because I think if I'd been recommended that as a 10-year-old, I'd be like, I'm going to go read that Star Wars book again. Yeah. <laughs> so that's cool. I, I yep. admire their boldness. Yeah, indeed. Um, that's a question, Marie, actually, and Peggy backing off Luke's question this time. <laughs> Is that, and that's because at the end I'll be like, and I have no questions. <laughs> um, is because, do you ever feel that if you're recommending a book, do you feel like uncomfortable? I think, oh, is this too much? You know, if, will they get upset? Will they be like, oh, this wasn't appropriate for my five-year-old son or seven-year-old son or something like that? No. Nope. You just go with it? Yeah, and... Uh, and look in the kids section. There's, um, I mean, if if something is going to be a bit too hard, mm-hmm. then it's if it's generally a good book, which I wouldn't recommend. It's not a good book. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and then, but if it's too hard now, they can keep mm-hmm. it for later. It's yeah. It's mm. so no kid has like no eight year old kid has taken uh, Game of Thrones to the counter, and you were like. Maybe, oh maybe. yeah, I see what you mean. Okay, yeah. <laughs> no, maybe yeah. Hang on. Okay, it's happened. Yeah, it has it happened. Ha- it has happened. Not mm-hmm. a Game of Thrones book, but something yeah. else along those lines. Yeah. And I'm like, mm, yeah. I don't think you want to read that. Yeah, yeah. And because it's just not, yeah, yeah, it just won't be appropriate. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's and was happened. that taken well? Um, no, that was uh, that was fine. I think it was it was too apparent, like who was going right. to pick a book. Okay. And uh, I was like, no, I I don't think this is yeah this is suitable. For yeah. You. It, yeah. It's good that you're able to say that yeah, though, as well. Right. To actually be able to really say to them, hey, good. look, maybe you might want to reconsider. Yeah. That's yeah. good. That takes tact and skill. Hmm. Courage. Courage. <laughs> I'd be true. like, sure. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Game of Thrones to an eight-year-old. I mean, <laughs> just hey. skip a few pages. Yeah, just skip a few. <laughs> After what he got at 10. Scarred me for life. Yeah. All right, Luke, continue. <laughs> but what's hard, though, it's, sorry, it's mm, like, because like for a 10-year-old, you can quite easily do that. But yeah. what I found really hard, though, is for a 15, 16-year-old, yeah. because yeah. Mm-hmm. I know that's what I was reading at 16, yeah. I would not recommend to a sixteen-year-old, yeah. but yeah. it's but I still think that they should read it. Yeah, not that I would yeah. recommend it, but this is they can find it by themselves. Yeah. maybe I don't know. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That, that is that true. Way. Just, yeah, <laughs> well, it does depend because I wasn't reading a lot. That was probably the stage where I read the least around fifteen, sixteen. Mm. But like before that, I was just I I read Star Trek novels at one stage. This is a big confession. Yeah, they mm. weren't very good. Mm. Like can yeah, imagine. no. Anyway, yeah. there was something that was kind of my teenage years. Mm-hmm. I think, um, but. It is interesting when you think about the contrast between you reading Atwood, you you reading that, and me reading, uh, you know, some Star Wars, Star Trek stuff. Yeah. That's that's Timothy a big Zahn. challenge. Yeah. You can't go past Timothy, Timothy Zahn, Zahn though. Is very good. Okay, I'm not going to lie. I still <laughs> yeah. love those books. Um, provided he doesn't say the term lip curled another fifty times. Air to the Empire. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, um, but that's good. I digress. Um, mm. Excellent. Indeed. Luke, I wanted to know what your, the most prevalent customer question is that you've ever had. Can I have some change? For the parking, pa- king. yeah. For the mirror, <laughs> Are you serious? Oh. Probably. There you go. <laughs> Called it. <laughs> Called it. <laughs> yeah. We are not a bank. No, yeah. sorry. It's good. 
Yeah, like the and the question most people have is like, do you have a certain book in stock? Mm. That's the question we get asked. Do you get a lot of orders? Do you get yeah, a lot of people yeah, like call always, up and say, yeah. "Can you order this?" Book? And we're always happy to order books for people when we don't have them. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, I have to ask a question. Uh, just coming off that, and in some way it relates. I don't know what it is exactly. <laughs> this is um, you picking up, piggybacking off Luke, piggybacking off somewhat. Yeah, I, I want to know. Do you, do you buy into the theory that uh, Harry Potter as a book series got people oh, reading again? Do you, do you think there is such a thing as the Harry Potter generation or do you think that it's it's something else that has young people reading? No, now? I think, yeah, probably. Look, I have to confess I haven't read them. Oh, <laughs> yes. That's right, yeah. yep. But, um, but I, do, I, do, I do see how it's got a lot of kids reading uh, who wouldn't have been reading otherwise. So yep. it's great. <laughs> I mean, and, and, and the, yeah, what I hear, it's an amazing series and mm. it's, mm. yeah, fantastic. Great. Okay, cool. Mm. Yeah. Any other questions, Luke? Do have any more? I was just wondering what with, if you have some before I spoil yours. Uh, no, no, no. I think Ian's accidentally <laughs> spoiled one of mine, but yes. sort of not answered, so it's okay. Uh, Success. No, go for it. Okay. I was wondering what your—I don't want to say best sales because it's not—I'm not saying where do you make your most money, but what what kind of what's the country that flies off the bookshelf? Like are they American books? French books, English books, what's the... Australian books. Well, probably Australian books, books, actually. Yeah, we sell a lot of Australian books. Okay. Um, But... um, Do you think that's due to your status as an independent bookshop? That, like, people come to you for Australian books rather than they go to Dimmicks for, like, Game of Thrones? Yeah. Yeah, Yeah. I guess so. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah, because we don't, like, we don't really stuck, like, you know, um, like, about novels, like, you know, like, popular fiction. It's... Yeah. Yeah. You don't have two shelves no. of Lee Child novels, for instance. <laughs> no, we do have a few Lee Child novels. <laughs> do you have two shelves? Yeah, you don't one shelf. Yeah. One shelf. <laughs> Maybe one shelf. <laughs> but yeah, no, it's not, not, okay. it's not our strengths. Definitely not. Popular yeah. fiction is not something we specialize in. Yeah, right. Is there a country you'd prefer to be selling more? <laughs> <laughs> what does that mean? What Just out like, of curiosity. Come on. That's countryism. Uh, Country. <laughs> Well, I mean, no, and it's know. like, yeah, the country thing, I don't know, because like, um, I mean, like Aust- Australian publishers was, would buy rights. Mm. So, mm-hmm. I mean, they, so they're Australian produced, but yeah. they it's come from the books as well, overseas, yeah. <laughs> you know, okay. yeah, yeah. like, yeah, because they buy the rights. So it's, yeah, it's kind of hard to. Okay. So you're getting a lot way. of like overseas books that are just published here. Well, for example, like the Elena Ferrante novels. So she's an Italian writer, Mm -hmm. but they're published by text publishing here. Uh, Okay, yeah, yeah. So, yeah. So do you count it as an Australian book or an Italian book? I'd count that as an Italian book. Yeah, Yeah. Yeah. I would count that as Italian. Yeah. yeah. But just distributed and repackaged Hmm. by text then. There you go. Um, And this one's probably... Probably controversial, I suppose. But um, Ooh, controversy. another best sales one. I don't know if that's the most uh, controversial thing. But um, would you say more of your customers go for artistic books or popular books? Um, yes, yeah, so as I was saying before, not we don't really specialize in popular fiction mm. here. Mm. I mean, so kids section is a little bit, but yeah, that's <laughs> yeah. But kids section is it's still, it's just not, it's still not popular. Yeah. yeah, we still mm. have. Um, some uh, pretty arty books in the kids mm. section. Mm. Yeah, yeah, I've noticed that too. Um, and uh, yeah, like the fiction section is mostly literary fiction yeah. mm. as opposed to pop fiction. And um, you don't we, get a lot of demand and for it. because of our focus on the backlist too, mm. we tend to uh, keep like with the, the art section and the architecture section yeah. is is um, is quite are quite strong, and that's because we hold on to some. Mm. Back titles, yeah. Mm. Hmm. Yeah. Very interesting. Okay. Yes, and, and to my great pleasure, there is a uh, very expansive gardening and architecture section. So <laughs> I was like, ooh, <laughs> Christmas. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So there we go. And that's you done, is that's it, Luke? Me done. So these questions are pretty broad and pretty generic, but I am the host, so I have to be generic, apparently. <laughs> uh, strangest book content that you've ever been called up and, you know, asked, do you have animal erotica or do you have uh, <laughs> table and chair architecture design or do you yeah. do you get those questions? Yeah, sure. You do? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Any raised eyebrows um, yeah. recently? 
the yeah the most recent one would have been like a recipe book for cats. Whoa, mm. like and. Wait, cooking cats or cooking for cats? Oh, uh, cooking for <laughs> cats. <laughs> oh, okay. Oh. No, cooking for countries. cats. And the only one that we could get was a cooking for book for dogs book. Hmm. I didn't work. How is that a How thing? Okay, that, yeah, like, whatever. You'd think yeah, the internet know. has already made it that there would be books for cats <laughs> for everything. If you really yeah. don't have much to do with your time, you just become a chef for your cat. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> there you go. You Serve it on a platter, they just eat it. Yeah, they <laughs> eat it and they're like, thank you, human. Bye. <laughs> <laughs> All right. That's, so that's, that's good. So good weirdest, weirdest content. Um, <laughs> most requested book this year it, or recent years, if it's been a very standout one. Okay, so, uh, so yeah, so I mentioned the Elena Ferranti mm-hmm. novels. That was like mm-hmm. one of the bestsellers this year. Um, the Harry Potter didn't last very long, but it was very yeah. <laughs> anticipated. Intense. Like so yeah. much uh, heap around Hive, it, and yeah, yeah so mm. and it did fly off the shelf. We couldn't keep it in stock. It was yeah. hard to keep it in stock for oh, a wow. while. Yeah. yeah, and um, Alan de Botton cause for love. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah I that did was not, one of the Yeah, I did sellers. not imagine that yeah. would be a, a mm. bestseller. Yeah, definitely. It was interesting. So mm. how many people did picked up the Harry Potter book, walked up to the counter and was like, oh, it's a script? Oh, did, yeah. Did you a get few. a few? Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, yeah definitely. <laughs> did they put and it it's back not down? Written, and it's not written by J.K. Rowling, yeah. by the way. <laughs> it's, yeah, and it's exactly. Like, what? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's written yeah. by some screenwriters. Yeah. And yes. they're like, uh, did they then yeah. put it back or did they buy it? They bought it anyways? Some put it back, some Really? Some it. put it back? Yeah, mm. yeah, yeah. Yeah. Mm. yeah. Interesting. Yeah. <laughs> Very interesting. I didn't expect that. You see, if you go to a But I don't know if... Uh, no, well, uh, well, we had the display of the Harry Potter near the counter, so I yeah. guess it's hard to say oh, okay. whether they're going to buy it anywhere or not. So they just put their hand on it yeah. and they're like... <laughs> yeah, yeah, and we'd start yeah. talking and we're like, well... And they ask questions and then we mm. answer them. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Mm. Very interesting. And the last question is... Oh, already answered because Luke stole it. Uh, but nevertheless, uh, it has been a pleasure having you on, Marie, and quizzing you very thoroughly about life in a bookshop and, and running one. So thank you very much for coming you on. Can quiz us about the podcast. You can quiz us about the podcast. When will we leave? How long will we be here for? Is this torture going to end? <laughs> we start paying our rent. Yeah. <laughs> That's right. But we shall keep those questions for another day. (laughs) But tonight, uh, thank you listeners for uh, putting up with us for a year. It has been our pleasure to host, I would like to say, some of the best authors in Australia. And Mm. we will continue to provide you quality content, hopefully still from the Brunswick Street Bookstore next year. Thank you very much for listening, and we'll see you then.